0: Hello everyone, welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am your host, Precious D. And
1: I am your other host, Honey Bee.
0: Honeybee, I have been studying Japanese.
1: I know. How is it going?
0: Uh the three different alphabets is a bit of a hurdle. Yeah, it's a little bit challenging. I was I wanted to study Japanese because I wanted to go to a big Godzilla convention in a year or two. But guess what? What? The biggest Godzilla convention in the world is in America, not in Japan. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) But I think they must still have one there in Japan, so I'd still like to go. But I'll have to do a little more research. But I think in a year or two, when it's safe to travel, you and I should go to G-Fest. Oh, yeah. They canceled it last year and this year, I think. But they're scheduled for next year. We'll see what things look like next summer. But I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, but yeah. Today, we are discussing an American movie, The Giant Claw. Once again, from 1957. Black and White, 75 minutes, directed by Fred F. Sears, starring Jeff Morrow and Mara Corday. Mara! Previously featured on this show, Mara Corday is an American showgirl, model, actress, playboy, playmate, and 1950s cult figure who we have discussed on Tarantula, The Beast of Hollow Mountain, and Black Scorpion. Welcome back, girl. And here she is again in the same year in the giant claw. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The claw. The Kill Count... Is 13, but more? Because that's not counting the people on the train. But at mm. least 13. Also known as the Mark of the Claw. This, oh, okay. Ugh, this movie is not... Oof. Not,
1: Oof. <laughs> not good.
0: <laughs> Once again, we start off with a narrator. Uh-huh. Science has made life longer and the world smaller. And something about... Things that used to be far away are now as, as a push button. And at the top of the world, free men struggle with the elements. So once again, we are dealing with radar in the <laughs> Arctic Circle. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing test flights to calibrate the radar mm-hmm. and look for any blind spots. And Maracorde has a clipboard and is making notes, which says to me... Lady Scientist.
1: Lady Scientist. Are we starting with a Lady Scientist today? Yeah,
0: technically, technically she is a mathematician, but I think that puts her in the broad category of Lady Scientist. Yeah. I have to wonder if the producers of this movie were aware of all the lady mathematicians that worked for the government, for the Air Force, like, you know, in Hidden Figures Mm -hmm. in the uh, space program. Because it seems like something we didn't really hear much about until recently. But maybe yeah. somebody working on this knew about that. So that's cool. Uh, Mitch radios in. Then his altitude appears to be off. His measurements on the plane are not the same as what they're getting. So check that antenna mount. Mitch flies in really low and close to the shack they're in. And Mara Corday does not like it. why i thought pilots weren't allowed to fly like that and find out well he's not an air force pilot he is just an electrical engineer that for some reason is also flying this plane around while they calibrate the equipment shouldn't he be on the ground calibrating the equipment while some air force guy flies around
1: yeah and they're just like he makes his own rules lady (laughs) yes
0: to which she replies So does a three-year-old child until its mother spanks him, which Mitch hears and is into.
1: Oh, yeah. He says, mother, dear mother, I'm ready when you are. I was like, oh, damn, buckle up. Pretty spicy for
0: 1957.
1: The giant claw.
0: I didn't think we even acknowledged such predilections in 1957, but there you go. I've been feeling fine, baby. And then the narrator lists our opening cast an electrical engineer, a radar officer, a mathematician and systems analyst, radar operator, couple of (laughs) plods. There's a couple of the guys in the cabin, and it sounds like he describes them as a couple of (laughs) plods. People doing their job. It's the 17th of the month, 13, 22 hours. And then they do this weird thing where the narrator continues to describe the scene as they act it in front of us. Yeah. And I'm like, did they lose the audio in this scene?
1: Did you, not, did you not like this? Like the narrator telling us and then us I've, like just kind of seeing the picture?
0: I, thought, I just found it really weird. I liked it. Why aren't they just acting the scene? Why is he telling us what they're doing?
1: I felt like after the, the last movie that we watched where everything was like talk, 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 and all this stuff, I was like, oh, thank God. It also <laughs> reminded me of this show uh, when I did um, Your Good Man Charlie Brown. Uh-huh. And we would have like these parts where we would all like, you know, huddle on stage and like be pretending to talk to each other. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and you say things like watermelon, 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 like that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And uh, there was this one guy in the show. His name was Juancho. He was so funny. And every time we would like come around to like do that and like make this huddle and like pretend to talk to each other, he would say things like "fuck your mother."
0: <laughs> well, I think they performed the whole scene, dialogue. And oh yeah, everything. no, they definitely. And did. then they, for they some reason, did. somebody said. This is taking so long. Let's pick up the pace and just have the narrator sum it up, I guess. But what it reminded me of was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. No. And the movie. Have you ever seen the movie? Mm-mm. So the movie stars the Bee Gees. Oh, really? And Peter Frampton. And it also, as Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And it also stars George Burns as the mayor, Mr. Kite. And... As they were making this movie, they found that the musicians' performances were so bad that they were fairly unusable. So what they do for most of the movie is just have George Burns, who is a well-known, well-established performer for decades just narrate over the action of most of the movie so we see them talking to each other but we don't hear them as george just describes what's happening it's incredible that's not the reason they're doing it in here because these actors all seem to be doing a perfectly adequate job but it just reminded me of that why is he telling us when they're doing it right there
1: I I thought it was a choice, and I liked
0: it. You should watch *Sergeant Pepper sometime, but watch it knowing that, and you can see how much they just worked for them.
1: They were like, ooh, we can't do
0: that. (laughs) But Mitchell McAfee sees a UFO, and then there's stock footage of scrambling to intercept, and then Mitch is in trouble with Major Bergen because he thinks Mm -hmm. Mitch was making shit up. He sent everybody out there and they didn't find anything. And uh there's three radars and they saw nothing but him. But one of our planes didn't come back thanks to you and your false alarm, you fucking fuck. <laughs> uh, I wrote maybe not false alarm, but I don't know who uh oh yeah, so the but then a call comes in a transporter a passenger plane is missing, and the pilot yelled a "UFO" before the radio died. But there was nothing on mm-hmm. the radar, so maybe not a false alarm. Yeah,
1: suck it, nerds.
0: Yeah. Well, we're finished up here. Mitch and the mathematician are flying straight through to New York. We've got a plane set up for the. This is great big plane apparently just carries two. A big military plane <laughs> that apparently only has two passengers and the pilot is going to carry them back to new york and then mitch goes up to bother the pilot about the turbulence and the unexpected storm and they ask for permission to go higher and mitch talks about a blind spot and at 10 minutes and 52 seconds we get a blurry glimpse of the creature the giant claw whatever it is this one does try to maintain some mystery yeah with the the title and the blurriness
1: yeah, it just kind of looks like a black cloud with feet. Like, you yeah. can't really see. Like, a blo- just a blob of sorts.
0: Pilot calls Mitch up to the cockpit to tell him about the UFO. But he sees nothing but sky, and then something bumps the plane. Where did that come from? And then a bigger bump, and the pilot gets wounded.
1: Not believably.
0: <laughs> no. but the, and the engine's on fire. And I wrote, toy down, fire! <laughs>
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: Pete's in bad shape. Yeah, they they pull the pilot off the plane, the two of them, and he's like, get down, it's going to blow up, which it does. Uh And then some French-Canadian comes to help, although it turns out later he's an immigrant. We're not in French Canada. We're just near it. Uh, At night in Pierre's cabin, he serves Applejack, and the state police and an ambulance arrive. An ambulance arrives to get the wounded pilot and inform them that we have reservations on an airplane to take you back. And the car is coming soon. And what did I put here? Seal off area of wrecked plane. And it's all big hush hush. A uh, flying saucer, more like a flying battleship. And then Pierre gets a call. It's a uh, general van Pascal for Mitch and Mara Corday and Mitch Bicker. A lot. (laughs) And I keep calling her Mara Corday because they don't tell us her name for a long time. For a while, yeah. In this scene, we find out her name is Miss Caldwell, but nobody says her first name forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, UFO, we didn't see it, nothing on the radar, false alarm. Civilian Aeronautics Board is sending investigators, which will be followed by an Air Force investigation. Something scary? I don't know. Uh, oh, there's a scary noise or something. Something's scaring the animals. Ugh, I gotta work on my writing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the dogs start barking, the cows yeah. start mooing, there's a storm all of a sudden. Yes.
0: Yeah, so Pierre goes out to check, and yeah, we get a glimpse of the big storm outside. And then there's a scream, Pierre's down, but he's not dead. And he says that it is... La la Carcagna, la which I looked up, and it only refers back to this movie oh really there That's is no, there is no French Canadian legend of La Carcaia that I could tell. the word must mean something, mustn't it? Mm, you you think
1: so sounds like not a good
0: word Caca. uh wait, whoa oh, hey, wait, here's something here's some no, it's still a picture of the fucking giant claw. <laughs> Uh, Okay, La Carcagna is named after the wolf-headed demonic entity from French-Canadian folklore, more prominently featured in Samuel Hopkins' Adam's story, Grandfather and a Winter's Tale. Mm, Okay. Uh, But I don't see any pages that actually cover that. That is just a trivia note on a uh, giant claw page. I see. So, there he
1: goes. Yeah. Well, he says that La Cacchania has the face of a wolf, the body of a woman, and wings.
0: Yeah. B- wings bigger than I can say. Yeah. Uh,
1: spoiler alert, that is not what we
0: got. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. But the writer, I'm sure, had no idea the final product is going to be.
1: Oh, yeah, and he also says that um, once you, if you see Lacacanya, that is a sign that you're going to die very soon. And I just wrote a note. Well, yes. bye, Pierre.
0: Yep. Uh, the state police arrive to take them to the airport, and Joe will stay with Pierre. Joe tells us that seeing the big bird is a sign that you will die real soon. And as we le- they leave, we see a giant footprint on the airplane. Ugh. It's a night flight. They're on the plane. Most of the lights are turned out. Everybody's trying to sleep. And then fucking Mitch <laughs> just leans over and kisses oh, yeah. Mara Corday yeah, while she's it. sleeping. Yeah. This I wrote is not. in all capitals, not okay exclamation point.
1: Yeah. And then he literally says a kiss you take, something about a kiss you take. Is better something...
0: It's a Shakespeare quote, which, which, he t- which he tells us. I didn't happen to know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Ladies and gentlemen, I studied at the National Shakespeare Conservatory in New York City, but I did not know that that was a Shakespeare quote.
1: It, what it is says the the, quote, the, kiss,
0: the kiss you take is better than you give. And she Ugh. seems kind of okay with it. And there's some banter. It's from Troilus yeah. and Cressida.
1: I was grossed out. And during... Yeah, it's... it's
0: I don't know. <sighs> what the fuck?
1: She does have a great nose though. I'm just gonna say. She does? Yeah, like they show like a lot of profile view right here for her. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, wow, that's beautiful.
0: I think she might be the the best-looking lady scientist we've had. Oh. Or or any lady in in all these movies. She she might be the best-looking we, we've had so far. Um,
1: uh, debatable, but whatever. Moving okay.
0: on. <laughs> uh but their their banter is very heavy on baseball metaphors. Yeah. And then something in the banter gives Mitch the idea that he wants to look at her map, but I wasn't clear what made him. Yeah.
1: Something, something, something I think, I think she said the word pattern. And oh, okay. that was what like, and then he was like, pattern. Oh, pattern. Wait yeah. a second. Interesting.
0: Which is a movie and TV trope that I fucking hate. But <laughs> what are you going to do? Wait a minute. What did you just say? Oh, I hate that. But also we get a glimpse of a newspaper that says Navy Patrol Plane Missing at Sea. So Mitch starts just drawing all over her map. Fucker. Yeah. And decide he X's the, the sightings and then decides that it's a spiral pattern connecting the sightings.
1: Did you buy this?
0: No. No. Me
1: either. You could draw anything and make right, it look right. like.
0: Yeah, you put a bunch of put a bunch of random marks on a map and then okay. just decide
1: how to connect them, yeah,
0: yeah, I want to make it a if it's a straight line, that's fine, that's obvious, but yeah, if you can just start making spirals or you know pentagrams or squares or whatever you want, yeah, I was annoyed. He is imposing a pattern on the data. there's not a pattern naturally emerging from the data uh but uh she says it must be moving at an incredible speed to cover that area. And I wrote, these assholes are going to wake up the whole plane. Yeah. I, and right, I, at, and right I at that a, point.
1: A, yeah, the Go guy ahead. behind him. I was like, yes. right, I wrote a note about the guy behind them, like his, yeah. his facial expressions. Yeah. And then he like says something.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit quiet. Or some of us are trying to sleep. And they then they keep talking. But more quietly, but still loud enough for everybody else to hear.
1: Yeah, talking with their tongues down each other's throats.
0: And they decide, let's just make out. Which, that's not going to keep anybody awake, I'm sure. <sighs> <laughs> so yeah, they turn off the light and have a little make out sesh on the plane. Mile high club.
1: Yeah, after they both just smoked a cigarette. So
0: really <laughs> delicious. On an airplane, which you used to be able to do. <laughs> 18th of the month, the narrator tells us. Oh, 1815. uh, CAB plane. That's the uh, Civilian Aeronautics Board. Investigative team. Four people and a pilot. And we get the blurry bird again and the pilot reports the UFO that looks like a bird. So it's not really a UFO, is it? I think you've identified it. It's a bird. (laughs) And at 27... 55 27 minutes and 55 seconds. Derp spotted.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Now, I hope you said uh, you said the black scorpion should be called Derp McGurp. (laughs) Yeah, did you think that was was nothing compared (laughs) to La Carquena? Oh my god, Uh, La Carquena, also known as the anti-matter space buzzard, which we'll get to that. So here, let me read this quote. I found this trivia at wikizilla.org. None of the actors who worked on the giant claw were aware of La Carquenya's less than terrifying appearance during filming. Star Jeff Morrow had this to say about the experience. The director, Fred Sears, just told us, all right, now you see the bird up there and you're scared to death. Use your imagination. But the first time we actually got to see it was the night of the premiere. The audience couldn't mm-hmm. stop laughing. We were up on the screen looking like idiots, treating this silly buzzard like it was the scariest thing in the world. <laughs> we felt cheated, that's for sure. But they told us afterward that they just ran out of money. They couldn't afford anything except this stupid puppet. I was never so embarrassed in my entire life.
1: Wow. The only way that makes That is yes. Yeah. Just-
0: Hysterical. The only way that makes sense to me is if it's a pre-existing puppet. Because they still had to build it. They still had to choose yeah. what design to make it. And even if it was a cheaply made puppet, they could have made it look more frightening. Unless oh it was just gosh. some derpy buzzard puppet that was already laying around.
1: It was like a puppet that should be in like the labyrinth, like...
0: Yeah. What's
1: that you can pee.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like... Or, or, or a guest on the Howdy Doody show or something. It was. <laughs> oh my god! La- the eyes.
1: The eyes. The, okay. Like, Ladies and gentlemen, you've got my to favorite...
0: just pause the show right now and go look up luck Carta. Just if Google you it. it. Yeah, please. If you haven't seen it, you must. He is. I mean, it's a buzzard. It is a bug-eyed buzzard with a, tuft of feathers on its head and a naked neck and it's a fucking buzzard
1: hysterical the the little mohawk (laughs) oh my gosh i i think that's my favorite part Uh, of this puppet was the little mohawk or maybe how he like kind of snarls like his little (laughs) nose would kind of move you know yeah like show his little teeth oh my gosh i was dying i was laughing Uh, so hard so
0: which was not the desired effect (laughs)
1: Yeah, I was also, I was like one of those people in the movie
0: theater who was just losing Uh, it. So this derp, he bites the plane. Nice crunch sound effect. Everybody parachutes out, and then the bird spits out the plane and chomps one of the parachutists, and then chomps a second one. I don't know if we ever hear there were survivors, but we only see two of them get killed, and there was five people total. Yeah. And uh, there's a... Buzzing at Mitch's door. I think Mitch is in his bathroom. General Buzzkirk wants to see you at once. And this guy's basically, you need to come with me or I'm going to take you by force. Yeah. I don't remember his exact words, but it was basically, yeah, you don't have a choice. I've been instructed to make you come. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, I think the name General Buzzkirk is incredible. I love it. It's great.
1: You're gonna you gonna keep that one in your Yeah,
0: keep that in my pocket. Next portfolio: Next the yeah. uh, uh, appropriate time in a uh, role-playing game when I need a <laughs> a character like Fuck that. Yeah General Buzzkirk. And I wrote Philo, so Mara is at meeting two. If you haven't been listening to the mm-hmm. show, folks, Philo means first in, last out, and that is the principle in these movies that if you were there at the beginning. Regardless of what your job is or what your qualifications are, then you are along for the ride until the end.
1: We even have a good line here for Philo where the guy actually says, he says, you two better come along because you're up to your ears in this anyway. (laughs) Yep, yep. He like actually says it like you guys better come because, well, you've been here. You were there in the beginning. So might as well. It just makes no fucking sense.
0: And here I wrote because I must have gone to look it up because I got frustrated. I wrote Sally Caldwell, but at 30 minutes in, no one has said her first name.
1: Yeah, I think someone eventually does call her Sally, but I don't know when it is. It's pretty late.
0: Mitch does at some point. Uh, They go over the pattern on the map and the general's acting like this is all Mitch's fault for starting this. Mm -hmm. And uh, ever since you started this nonsense, I'm like, he didn't start it. He just saw it. (laughs) He didn't create the puppet. The puppet. The CAB pilot reported a UFO bird as big as a battleship, which is the same term that Mitch had used. So Mm -hmm. I guess it's like football fields now. Battleship is just a a standard of measurement that people use. (laughs) How many football fields in a battleship? I don't know. Right in, tell us. Oh, please <laughs> could, let us know. Could there be anything that big in the sky not picked up by radar? No, but I saw it. Three saw it, two now dead. Uh, I guess that's the people on the other airplane. Mm-hmm. Unless they mean, I don't know what they mean. I don't know. Yeah, I
1: think it's... Yeah, I think
0: it's, that, it's, that would actually right. mean that six people saw it and two are dead, counting Mitch. And then, oh, God damn it. Mitch has this, one of the weirdest lines in movie history. No, because what he so no, it's three sought and two are dead because he's implying that he's the only one left. Because he says, yeah. I guess that makes me chief cook and bottle washer in a one man bird watching society. What the writer <laughs> is trying way too hard at this juncture, <laughs> just stop. Uh, yeah, that line just really struck me. The stupidest fucking <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Did he get a good look? No, just a blur. Sadly, before. Mitch, I was doing earth curvature. Oh, no, Sally. Sally says, I started calling her Sally, even though they haven't called her Sally. Sally says, before Mitch, I was doing earth curvature. That's not the right phrasing. (laughs) That implies, uh, before I was doing Mitch, I was doing earth curvature calculation. Hey, hey, yo.
1: That's not what she's
0: saying. And I'm not sure that's how she phrased it.
1: Sally's a grown-ass woman. She'll
0: do whoever she wants to. We use... We used cameras in balloons, so let's call the Pentagon and see if any of the many balloons that we have in the air with cameras got pictures.
1: Which isn't that just so convenient. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's hot air balloons, I mean, uh, not hot, uh, weather balloons and stuff, but it's a pretty big sky. But yeah. uh, stock footage of a balloon place and recovering a camera from a balloon, and the the have uh not quite a movie a film presentation but a slideshow caught on film the derp oh. is caught on film. derp
1: derp McGurp. he has a pretty good selfie moment yeah. too like where it's just like so close like so yep. zoomed in. yeah day. they do
0: like three there's a picture of empty sky picture of empty sky oh there's the bird oh there he's a little closer Ooh, there he is real close classify all of this <laughs> top secret you cannot make a bird this big top secret but put the entire command on combat readiness, warm up the planes. I'm going to the Pentagon. And yeah, I wrote two extra passengers because Philo, that's the moment when he says you might as well come along. Cause you're up to your ears in this already. Mm-hmm. And here I wrote, who does Mara work for? They're both civilian employees of the military, I guess. I don't well, she doesn't have any rank, but she was working as part of this experiment. So I guess they are both contractors. Civilian contractors, hmm. but they're being ordered around. I don't know. Uh, at the Pentagon, a general is just looking at a strip of film, like holding it up to the light.
1: Mm-hmm. And they
0: talk about why the radar doesn't pick it up, and there's some bickering, and there's a bunch of finger pointing, and uh, the phone rings, and the general's like, "Shoot it down!" And the squadron just spotted it, <laughs> shoot it down. And they then they are able to just listen in on the radio to what this squadron is doing. Missiles don't seem to bother it. (laughs) I wrote visible wires. (laughs) It is literally a puppet. Yeah. It's got one of the planes. Charlie hit the silk, but now he's gone. Another plane. It's coming after me. They turn off the radio
1: (laughs) so they don't have to
0: listen to this guy's grisly death. Uh, And I think the general says take phase two off standby. This makes no sense. It's just a bird. And Mara says, I'm scared. I think the general says something about, what are you suggesting we throw electronic spitballs at it? And he says, no, atomic Uh, spitballs.
1: Atomic (laughs) spitballs.
0: Phase two is ready. And we get a call from Dr. Carol Norman from the research lab. Research lab has it figured out. Ugh, Ugh. Jesus. Things are about to get really weird.
1: Yeah, this is where shit gets real weird.
0: The order to fire missiles, atomic, as soon as the bird appears. Cal- uh, something about we've calculated where the fallout will be safe, and so we can we're going to try and shoot the bird in one of those areas where the nuclear fallout from the atomic missiles won't, you know, fall directly on a city. They obviously mm-hmm. don't understand anything about I don't know wind. <laughs> And everybody makes nice. Uh, oh, here's where he says, come along, you're up to your ears in this anyway. Because I, I wrote it down. At the research lab, this doctor is talking, is showing us a model of the atom and how it's the basic building block of all matter. And he explains the concept of antimatter. Matter has a positive nucleus and negative electrons. Antimatter has a negative nucleus and positive electrons. Science has proved this is so. Has it? Science! Now, any matter is a real scientific theory, mm-hmm. but I don't think anybody's proved. Well, okay, first of all, science, people are always, people are surprised to hear this. Science does not prove things. Mathematics proves things. Science accumulates evidence that supports theories. And if the theory is continually supported by the evidence, science disproves things. Science falsifies things. A good scientific theory can be falsified. And as long as it is not falsified, then we continue to use it. But we always understand that new information that could could come out that will cause us to either discard or modify our theory. So real scientists, you're hardly ever going to hear them say proof. Mm. But this guy says science has proved this thing that I don't think it has proved. It's just an idea. Yeah. But uh, and he says that the bird is antimatter. What? Why? Why does he think it's antimatter? Proven antimatter exists. Also, prove it. If it comes in contact, so one of the ideas of antimatter, though, is if it comes in contact with matter, that it's they're both going to explode Mm -hmm. and release an enormous amount of energy and if the bird is antimatter why didn't he explode when he came into contact with some matter and then he tells us yeah. even though i think he just said the bird is antimatter then he says no the bird itself is not antimatter but it emits an energy screen of antimatter
1: yeah he just radiates antimatter which is
0: ridiculous he then he's radiating anti energy not anti-matter, right? The fuck if I know. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But why is he admitting anti-
1: I mean, a giant um, extraterrestrial buzzard doesn't make sense, so. Yeah.
0: But it, uh, uh, why, <laughs> if he's not anti-matter, why is he radiating an anti-matter screen? And how the yeah. fuck did you come to this conclusion anyway? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, any sense but they say that therefore the radar would rather than being reflected would slide around the antimatter screen and that's why we can see it but the radar cannot
1: right and also why they couldn't shoot it because it was just yeah. bouncing off before it could even hit it yeah
0: not guesswork? Seems like it is. Somebody says no, this is not guesswork, but it seems to me like it is guesswork. Where did it come from? The feather, they have a piece of feather that defied analysis. Contained mm-hmm. No earthly element. Testing it wrecked the equipment.
1: Yeah, a lot of equipment. The bird
0: is from outer space, from a godforsaken antimatter galaxy. Then why is it here? Why did it come all the way here?
1: I don't know, but I wrote right here... Uh, that uh, Mara's dress has pockets.
0: <laughs> it has pockets. We love to see. does <laughs> Love to see
1: her dress with pockets. <laughs> I was very excited.
0: <laughs> you and all the TikTok ladies. Uh, but Van will fly them back to New York, which confused me at first till I remembered that General Ford's name is Van. Or is it General Buzzcock? Buzzker? General, Buzzcock. General Ford was in the other movie. General... <laughs> Buzzkirk, I think, is named Van. Uh, stay ready. And, of course, everything is uh, classified. General Constantine, Constantine, Constantine calls the Secretary of Defense. They're just now calling the Secretary of Defense. Great timing, people. And the narrator tells us that the bird revealed itself to the world. So it started flying where people could see it. And there we see shots of people being scared. Mar comes to see Mitch.
1: The narrator also says, um, in a fantastic orgy of destruction, <laughs> when describing uh-huh.
0: the... Well, uh, not not all orgies are are sexy orgies. Some of them are just destructive.
1: They're just fantastic orgies of destruction. Yes. All I'm saying is, I... like What? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic orgy of
0: destruction. It is an appropriate use of the term, yes.
1: I I agree that it's. I just think it's wonderful,
0: okay.
1: um, and it was my favorite thing about the
0: movie. Well, that's sad.
1: <laughs> no, I love the puppet.
0: Ma- Mara comes to see Mitch. She's been running his figures, and also wants a kiss. Yeah, because he's like, "Hello, oh, hey, how you doing?" She's like, uh, "Mitch," uh, and kind of holds her cheek out. Uh, it's been two days since we got back. And Mitch has been working nonstop, but apparently they're already at the greeting each other with a kiss stage since making out on the plane. Uh. And then Mitch says another weird line, cockeyed concept pulled out a cloud eight cloud eight. <laughs> Ever stopped to wonder why it came here? Yes. Yes. <laughs> why the fuck is it here all the way from another galaxy? Mm-hmm. Uh, it does, Apparently it's not eating. It's, Is it just using osmosis? It's not resting? Bird came here to build a nest and landed at Pierre's. So Mitch calls Buzzkirk. I need a fast plane and a helicopter. I'm going to Pierre's. And at 50 minutes and 27 seconds, Mitch says Sally's name for the first time. Jeez. And I wrote Exposition Radio. So uh, the Exposition Radio Network must be giving us some information, but I didn't write down what it was. Uh, oh, oh! I know. It's, it's, it's the exposition radio comes on for General uh, Considine to inform everybody that we have no solution.
1: Just everyone, <laughs> just take off your shoes and enjoy this fantastic orgy of destruction.
0: <laughs> we interrupt this programming to bring you this special message. We're useless. Thank you. And now back to <laughs> your music listening pleasure. Bird's on a rampage. We can't do anything. Back to your regularly scheduled program. wah Uh Somebody tells us the bird is attracted by movement. Martial law is declared. No traffic. Blackouts at night. Minimum movement by day as authorized. Uh, the bird flies by. Then we see Mitch with the bird, the, the plane and the helicopter taking Sally and Mitch and Pierre in a plane there it is they land the bird just missed them got guns looking for eggs yeah so they they have guns and they're out looking for birds eggs because they've just decided it came here to build a nest they found the nest, uh-huh. but no sign of egg and then the bird lands in the nest and i guess shifts some of the nest material and they can see the egg so mm-hmm. pierre leaves <laughs>
1: Yeah, I really was upset about this whole peer situation yeah. at this point. Like they just left him all scared and then they come back and like use him.
0: Yeah. And then yeah.
1: And then he Yeah, he died. Yep. And they're like, "Wow, he was right. Seeing yeah. the bird did mean he was going to die. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll just take his car cuz he hasn't needed it." <laughs> well,
0: don't like, get it. wait don't get fuck? don't get too far ahead cuz before that Sally picks up a gun and says, "I'm from Montana." <laughs> And they shoot the egg, and then the bird takes off and knocks, branches onto the couple, and chases after Pierre and gets him. And, uh, yeah, that's when we hear seeing it didn't mean his death. I mean, it was, what, three days later? Four days later? It's a little unclear. Uh, Alert Washington Washington, to search anywhere it's been sighted in case there's more eggs, because I guess it came here to build multiple nests. That's not. How's it going to keep the eggs warm? if it's spreading its nest, it's, its eggs all over the place. It's
1: Well, I mean, it's an alien bird. Maybe it doesn't have to keep them warm. I guess. Maybe they maybe they're self incubate like heating eggs from a different planet from planet
0: bullshit. As you mentioned, Mitch, Mitch rather coldly says, uh, "It's too dangerous to fly. We'll take Pierre's car. He won't be needing it." Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was Thanks like Thanks to Fuck you. you, Mitch.
0: Uh and when they're in the car, these a bunch of fucking teenagers in the car behind them are out joyriding with their lights on. There's been a you know a lockdown declared. And they're yelling about they're not afraid of the bird. We've got salt for its tail. And this girl's ass is hanging out of the car. <laughs> and the, yeah, the bird comes and picks up the car. And two of them jump out.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and this guy says, dig you later, gator. And I was like, "Ah, is that a thing? they also
0: use the term daddy-o twice i think two of the kids jump out but two of them do not and the car and he drops the car and it explodes so they pick up (laughs) two kids that are still alive and take him to town
1: (laughs) and then we see the toy train
0: mitch calls general and doctor in to tell the plan how to shoot the bird down i hope I figured out how to penetrate the antimatter screen. Oh, and he talks about mason's um, masons, and a bunch of atomic, atomic mumbo jumbo. <laughs> and if we get close and bombard the shields with a stream of masonic atoms, then we can destroy the shield and then hit it with the kitchen sink. He's an electrical engineer, not a particle physicist. How does he know any of this shit? But they tell him that you can have what you need running out of time. And the narrator talks a little bit about Masonic atoms. And a failure after failure, while they struggle, panic spreads. And yeah, then, then the bird attacks a toy tree. Yay! I know you love it when there's toys. I do, I really do. I love that you call them toys and not models. Oh, my bad. No, no. You know, continue to call them toys. It amuses me. <laughs> At the lab, uh, the doctor and Sally are asleep, and then something explodes and Mitch is down. And Wink, wink. <laughs> cut to Mitch in bed. Oh, and somebody tells him it was a magnificent effort, but doomed to failure. And he's like, uh, no, we got to get the equipment on the plane. The explosion was not an accident.
1: He's like, no, I meant for this to happen. Yeah.
0: The machine works, let's go. Get me my pants. <laughs> Get me my pants. At the airfield they're fitting an ejector nozzle to the back of a plane and need doctor. Oh, we need we need a a the doctor, Mitch and a calculator. By calculator they mean a person that does calculations, not a Texas Ele- uh, not not, a a Texas Electronics <laughs> pocket calculator <laughs> someone for Sally to brief I don't want her coming on the plane so we get our moment of sexism here from from the character not from the movie but yeah. but Mitch is the worst he's, he's a douche nozzle
1: yeah I was over Mitch whenever Pierre died uh,
0: I was over Mitch when he started smooching on sleeping ladies Prince charming. <laughs> she's not in her spells she doesn't need you to wake her up
1: yeah. Plus, <laughs> uh, Keep grubby lips to yourself. Apart sir. from,
0: you know, kissing someone while asleep and they're not agreeing to it, you also woke her up. She was napping nicely on the plane. You woke her up, you dick. <laughs> Anywho, they explain that the thing is on the tail instead of the nose so they don't fly into the Misan field. And um, uh, Sally's being very heteronormative with her sandwiches and coffee. Uh, handing out stuff to the men. But the bird is spotted. No time for replacement. Sally's going, yay, because Philo, motherfuckers. Philo. Uh, The bird appears to be on the Chrysler building, I think, and tears it up. Yep. Panic in the streets. Here here is our top of the building moment. And he chomps on the building and tears it up for no apparent reason.
1: Monster shit, Yep, just
0: doing monster shit. Monsters doing monster shit. Uh <laughs> the plane's coming and then it attacks the UN building because you know if you're gonna attack a building, it may as well be a landmark. Plane, like the plane flies around, buildings erect, bird chasing. Uh and then he's hooking up the equipment. It's not they shouldn't have got on the plane until the equipment was hooked up. And they're they're like, is that ready? Yeah, It'll so be, ra- they'll the be ready in a mean? minute. Like, what do you mean in a minute? Yeah. <laughs> the bird's here right now.
1: Yeah, and then what are they all looking at? Like, they're all, like, looking out the back of the plane, like, as if there's, like, a back windshield. Right. Like, what do you look? You can't see. We yeah. all know you can't see. We know what a plane looks like. Right. That shit.
0: So they shoot a cloud of mesonic atoms and fire rockets, and they hit the bird. It's down. We got it. The end, as the claw sinks into the water
1: because
0: it's called the giant claw so that has to be the last thing we see the claw sinking into the water
1: oh Oh, man oh man (laughs) Man, Uh, this puppet just made me want to like watch a musical like i just felt like this or oh you remember the dark crystal like yeah
0: yes it does look a bit like a a skexy well they were they were based on buzzards so That's not surprising.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, (gasps) Oh, man. I I love that you read that quote, too. That makes it so much funnier. Yeah, yeah. It just makes it so much better.
0: Yeah, they had no no idea what it was going to look like.
1: (laughs) So what do you think? What do you rate this
0: film? Oh, my God. I mean, it's... (laughs) I mean, one star from Mara Corday. Uh, Yeah. She alone is worth one star, I think. The fact she's not pretending to be Mexican also helps.
1: Yeah, that does help. It helps significantly.
0: Uh, folks, listen to the previous shows. I'm not going to explain it. <laughs> Catch up. Um, it, I mean, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it is
1: definitely
0: not good. And, you know, I think we need to judge the buzzard on the intended effect. <laughs> yeah. Because the buzzard's incredible, but not in the right way. <laughs> right. Yeah, oh, man. Some friends and I, years ago, we went to see Battlefield Earth in the movie theaters Mm -hmm. for some reason. And we all came out of it going, best comedy of the year. But it was not meant to be a comedy.
1: We we enjoyed
0: the (laughs) fuck out of that movie, but not for the right reasons.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That is exactly what this is. like. I enjoyed... The uh, puppet, but not yeah. for the right reasons. Like, and I enjoyed this movie, but not for the right reasons. I would definitely say for the puppet and for Mark.
0: So I guess uh, it's so hard to. I mean, I guess I'm going to give it a three. In that, I say
1: like a two point. That it was
0: entertaining, even though it was bad. Right. It is objectively yeah. bad, but it was, it was fun. It was entertaining.
1: It was fun. It wasn't like um. What was the other fucking movie? With the goddamn mantis, deadly mantis. Uh I was thinking cricket. It was like, you know, there was it was fun. It was still fun to watch. Uh Like even though it was horrible, it was still like it made me laugh. Like, or you know, it still made while as the other that movie was like just so boring. (laughs) You know, that so I did like that. It was just a little it was fun. It was entertaining. I was entertained. Two point (laughs) seven.
0: Okay. Well, I guess that's going to wrap it up for the uh, the antimatter space buzzard.
1: Antimatter space buzzard. Get yours today.
0: Uh, folks look for us on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us. We're on Facebook also. Send us a message monster movie fun time go at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, anchor.fm slash mmftg, or buy our t-shirts at cafepress.com slash m-m-f-t-g. Remember, keep calm and take shelter in basements. Do And we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go.
1: Monster Movie Fun Time Go.
0: You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go! If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacado Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. <laughs>